it's what day are we on? Um, Wednesday. We're on a Wednesday. It's well, I I'm, it's a bit embarrassing this because I've I thought it was uh, no pants day today. Well, I had been wondering. I've not wanted to ask you about this, yeah. but I had been wondering what that was about. So, uh, well, I've been sat here for what half an hour, th- yeah. thirty-five yeah. minutes, and I've. Uh, uh, with me balls out. Yeah, I mean, because I would have thought, even on no pants day, you'd wear underpants. No, that's no pants. I thought, that, s- I thought that was like, you know, outer pants. So what did you, what, what, what was the, I mean, because you haven't mentioned it. I did. We wait until the... I, I did. Right, okay. I, I, I thought I was just hoping it would go away. No, well, it's gone away. It's a bit cold, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, where are we? What's the, uh, we're doing a podcast today, aren't we? We are. We're uh, doing uh, Tales of the... Tales of the Tales. Oh. I thought I'd take you uh, yeah. lead there. Yeah. Okay, well done. This is this is an episode we've uh, we've seen this guy before, haven't we? It's Mr. Bottyball. It's Mr. Bottyball, and it's called Mr. Bottyball Returns or something like that. And I did try and write down because he said Mr. Bottyball. Mr. Bottyball's first love. That's what it's called. It's it is. Yeah. Um, when he introduces himself. And he's done this before, because we've seen him before in one Where Is It Sea? So we saw him in season one, Dip in the Pool. Oh, oh I'm impressed. Oh, because I'm not usually good with yeah. uh, remembering stuff. Yeah. Or facts. And I've, got, and I've got the list here, and you didn't even look at it. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, and whenever he introduces himself, he spells his name out. Yeah. Which, I think he says, Brooklyn Oliver, Tommy Idaho, Brooklyn Oliver Love. Is okay. that what you've got? Uh, I just wrote Bottyball down. Right. Well, anyway, it's Mr. Bottyball. Yeah, and he does... So he... Uh, for our listeners, before we go into the Roll Dali bit, they're going to need some intro music, right? Right. To let them know that the episode's officially started officially. Of course. Okay, let's go. Right. This is all about your man, Bottyball, right? Um, well, it's not just all about him. It's about me as well. I'm Chris. I'm Rob. It's all about Rob as well. Um, but it's also about this show that we're doing a podcast on. And th- we've um, we've got so far into season two. Um, and so far, we've had no indication that there are spin-offs. There have been repeated actors and actresses. Yeah. But we have had no... R- repeated characters. Sort of sequels or prequels. This... Seems to be neither of those. However, it is definitely the same character. And the reason I'm saying there seems to be neither of those is because he makes mention of the fact that he's never been, he's never had a girlfriend. Whereas in the first time we saw him, he was in love. In the first time we saw him, he didn't have much money. In this one, he's got loads of money. So it's, it, it doesn't seem to correlate. I don't think it is a sequel or prequel. And yet, he's got the same bizarre name. Yeah. Played by the yeah. same actor. Yeah. What, what is that about? Yeah, well, let's find out if that. Well, maybe the listeners find something different. However, we kick off then with Roald Dahl, um, and he's in his chair. And uh, he, he has he has actually got a writing credit for this, by the way. It, well, he was introduced by him, and he's also a writing credit. Maybe is the writing credit because he wrote it, or because he invented the character? Uh, I I suspect it, he he has written it together with a guy called Kevin Goldstein Jackson. That's a shared credit there. Okay, well here, here's here's what Roald says right at the beginning. He has dreams of um, gu- guilty address. What have I written here? Great. Ah, oh, dreams of great a- addict. 
dreams of gory addicts. Yes, glory addict. He's a, he's of glory. He, he, he is a dreams, dreams of glory, glory addict. addict. Now then, what that means is... I had no idea. Well, I only realise what it means later on when I remember I've done this before. What he says is that he's... Because it confused me to begin with that he says he's, he's jumped... At, he jumped 30 feet in the air before. <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, hang on, that's a bit weird, but okay. Right? And then he's conducted an orchestra. Yeah. And then he's also said that in bed, if you get a good, like, dream of bit glory, dream of glory um, you know, you can have... You, you can drift you can, off to sleep and, in a and state it, of supreme ecstasy. Yeah. That, if, I, if it's I, a found, good one. I found that a little bit disturbing now. I yeah, because it, it's, it sounded like he was getting a bonk on, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Supreme ecstasy... Roald Dahl in bed, it's, it is not something Listen, that, you know... this is the 1980s, where there was... It was a simple time, there was saxophone music and riots in London, right? Uh, but I, as I say, I, I was a bit confused by this, but later on in the episode, something happens which I've done myself. We'll come to it, because I, right. I, I can't wait to talk about it. No, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Body ball starts off, okay, we go into a bar. Yeah. Uh, Bottyball walks in. He finds the person he's meeting, who's a white-haired guy. I missed his name. Uh, he introduces himself anyway. Yeah, he does, and uh, and he does his his signature Bottyball explanation. Now, when he's spelling out his name, yeah. did you notice the camera closed closed in? I didn't. did a bit of a close up, but now that was like one of those. It was the cameraman just winking at you, going, "You know, <laughs> you've seen him before. That's right. That's his name." And wait there, confirmation. He's spelling that name out. That's right, because to the casual observer, they perhaps wouldn't have, have recognised the name from the... No, if you didn't see the first one, there's no payoff. Nothing. If you saw both of these, there's a little payoff, and that that close-up was the payoff. Yeah. Is, here you go, yeah. watch me, I know, it's a bit of a secret, it's an inside joke, maybe that's all it is. Uh, it's Clements, by the way. Mr. Clements or Clements? Mr. Clements. Okay, Mr. Clements. He says, Bottyball walks over to him. All right, I'm Bottyball. He seems just... a bit puzzled, doesn't he? Now, if I was meant going to meet a fella called Bottyball, I'd remember that name. Yeah, and also, right, so fast forward a little bit. Bottyball is in here because there's been some prior negotiation with Clements about selling his company. Yeah. The company is called Bottyball. <laughs> so Clements is like, what do you mean? Bottyball. Spell it out. I might get a better idea. He spells it out and he goes, I'm here to talk about that. Oh, that Bottyball. So the, only, the only way this makes sense is that if this guy uh, constantly buys companies that sound a bit like Bottyball. Like he specialises in it. That's it. That's his job. But anyway, as it happens, there is no negotiation needed. Because he's going to take the offer, which is 200000 To buy the company off him. And he says, he, he says, you know, let, let me get you a drink to celebrate. He goes, no, no he drink. He doesn't want one, does he? No drinks. Now, the, as he's uh, sort of uh, delivering this news, I, I, I think this probably comes a little bit after, but it was his uncle's company that he's selling... And Bottyball, it was a successful company, but Bottyball did it no favours. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That comes out. That comes out later on. So um, there they are talking, and again a bit of a celebration about selling this company. And he goes, "Yes." They walk to the bar. Seriously, let me get you a drink. Now Bottyball's adamant again. That's right, but he's getting a lot of pressure on him here. Yeah. So it's a couple of times now they mention the drink and. 
I thought that that's what the episode may have been about, but actually no, it's just a, it's just this bit. Yeah, it just seems like it's a fun bit. Just it was like one of the bits that you get in movies. I'm not doing that. I'm never doing that. I'll never do that. Next Cut, arsehole. Yeah, because that's what he is. He comes back and he's his his ties undone a little bit. He's slurring his speech and he's pointing with his fingers. He's drunk. And I, and it seems to me. Clements is sort of regretting what he's done, really. You know? Well, he just wants out. He's yeah. like, I bought the company, now just let me get out. But instead, he's got a pissed body ball on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Nobody wants, wants a pissed, pissed body ball on, on their hands. hands. Um, the, um, whilst I think Clements asks for the cheque, and whilst the cheque is being prepared for him, he... Bottyball goes on about how he's, he envies Clements because he's never had success like he has. Yeah. Then he, he, he strings off, sorry, he reels off a load of reasons why that might be the case. What, Clements? Uh, Bottyball. Right. So, you know, he's run this company virtually into the ground and so he has to sell it. He's never been a hit with the ladies. Yeah, he can't sort of connect with them, I think. He's yeah, saying. he says that. Clement, Clements is coming up with suggestions as to things that he might have done that might have um, been a success. Yeah. And uh, so mentions women and says uh, even even a tramp has success with women <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not saying that's not true but uh, it's an unusual thing to say yeah it? well yeah and also around this sort of time there's a lot of business talk as well which I sort of you know I didn't really pay much attention to to be honest right. but in that period of time Bottyball also doesn't appear to be really listening to what's going on because he starts then talking about how famous composers all all start with B. The, the best ones start with the letter B. So that's obviously because he likes the idea of being a composer, and his name also starts with a B. That he's yeah. trying to link the two. It's, it's tenuous, a, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, I don't know much about classical music. That's another, another thing, another thing yeah. that you don't know about. But I can think of ones that uh, don't start with B. Rossini. Mozart? Yeah, two. Anyway, as Bottyball goes on about this, the man leaves. Clements is gone. He's off. Yeah. Right? So, uh, no, not at all. In fact, as this episode goes, that might be a good time to exit, to be honest. What, for us to stop recording? (laughs) Because that's (laughs) also probably the case. What do you mean? What I mean is, this is another one of those episodes that... uh, I find strangely unfulfilling. So far, it's a tale. Yeah, that's barely. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a concept. <laughs> so the man leaves. Bottyball's yattering on about composers beginning with a B. Next thing, next scene is back home. Is in a chintzy chair. Yeah, chintzy chair. It, no, he's got a. You find this out a bit later, but he's got kind of a stately home, and I'm assuming that this is something to do with the money he's just. Earned, or maybe the business was successful for a well, while. He's got a butler, hasn't he? Yes, exactly. He's got a butler called Mason. And the the butler later says that uh, they've, they've not had any wine there for fifteen years since yeah. his uncle did something or other. Yeah. So it's obviously been in the family for years. So yeah. he's just bought it. I think it's been passed down in yeah. addition to the companies. That's yeah, good point. I, I did. I didn't think about that really. That it's uh, it's a hand me down. But anyway, he's, he's obviously able to afford the upkeep of it. And the money that he's getting that's from this business sale is going to contribute to this upkeep. Anyway, as he's back home, he starts up. Hang on a minute. I, I'll 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 uh, 
I'll be a conductor in, an, in a pretend orchestra right now. So he turns his music up right eye. On his radio. Which I thought was potentially Rossini. Because when, uh, when Charlie did, was in the Barber of Seville, yeah. I'd got into opera, in particular Rossini, because it was like a, it's really beautiful music. And, and it was quite relaxing at the time. And that's what this seemed to me to be it was like a very similar style so I'm, I'm only guessing I, again could be wrong oh. well I heard yesterday that uh, Glenn Matlock is looking at uh, fusing opera and punk uh, in a way it was, I just heard a trail for it on the radio Glenn Matlock uh, original bassist from the Sex Pistols oh uh, the yes yes okay yeah uh, so and he's I've got a friend who's a friend of his and uh, Steve Jones. Oh, I know Steve James. Yeah. Uh, he's, he lives over in America. All oh, right. Okay. So is that well? That seems to be one of those things that has possibly already been done, though. Well, you think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> um, well, as he's pretending to conduct the orchestra, uh, this is um, Botty Ball. Because that's what he does. He gets out of his chair, and as the music's playing, he's pretending to conduct. Yeah. That's when it clicked with me. I I understand what Roald Dahl was saying right at the beginning, which was all about this glor- dreams of glory, where you, in the privacy of your own mind space, you pretend that you're responsible for something huge. So in Steve Coogan's Nomad book, that well, the Alan Partridge Nomad book, he explains that the way he walks up a mountain is with this end goal. It's like, sort of like what we were saying about these strange things you do as like kids. Yeah. But um, if I get to the top of the mountain, I will save the world from a big catastrophe. Right. right? Okay, so that's what motivates me to the, to the end. Yeah. And, and it's this mind thing that you play with yourself. Now, so do you do that? Then? Well, I do do that, but I also once did this, which, do you remember uh, Mike Holdfield's and Dolce Jubilo. I don't really is know it how to say bells? No, it's that... It's on all the Christmas albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, every, like, every bit of it, there's, it's in sections, and a new instrument gets added each time until a guitar is added towards the end, and the guitar does a couple of rounds and stuff. But, right. So I used to listen to it in my Walkman, and I'd lay on the bed yeah. with my eyes shut, and I was in like primary school, and I used to pretend that all the other kids were playing the shitty instruments. Right. And then I was just stood there at the side with me, with my guitar. Right. And I was just waiting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's about to happen. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the guitar solo is coming up, and then it'd come over, and I'd be there. And like all the mums and dads would be like, fuck, this is amazing. Look at this kid, he's amazing. And I'd rewind it and go through it again. And that's what he means. It's like in your head. Yeah, you're responsible for something that you're you're not capable of, right? Because I've been sitting here, right, and I've been thinking, oh, I've not really done that sort of thing. I bet you have. Oh, well, I have because when I was younger, if my parents used to go out, well, it weren't every time, but sometimes if they went out, I'd put my Clash album on, and then I would pretend to be Mick Jones. It's a, it's the same thing. I wouldn't sit there and pretend to be Mick Jones. No, you would I'd move act. the chairs out the way. Yeah. I'd be pacing backwards and forwards, I'd yeah. be doing all the all the licks and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and I used to pretend that I was Shaking Stevens as well. I was a massive fan of, of Shaking Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. This is when you were very young. I'm, I'm yeah, young. so, well, 
we were in the original in the bungalow house. Yeah. So it was. Was be- that the one with the green door? No, it, no, <laughs> nice. I'd, I must have been up to the age of eight years old. Okay, that I was a fan of his. Now, my auntie was going to Blackpool for a good trip, right. and she said to us, "I'm going to Blackpool for a trip. Do you want to? Do you want me to get you anything back?" And I said, "Yeah, I want a, I want a T-shirt of shaking with shaking Stevens on doing this." And it, like, I symboled the thumbs up thing. That's, that's quite sort of, um, well, expli- not explicit, but I mean, that's a specific. Specific, thank yeah. you. Yeah, isn't it? Well, how come, where did you get that idea from? Well, I just wanted that t shirt. But I didn't know. You didn't you? No. I just thought that that would be something you could get. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't get that because that t shirt probably didn't even exist. Right. But I think um, we had one in this old house. I used to live in. Uh. Yeah, I only know those three records. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I probably know a few more records, but I just don't know the names of them. <laughs> right, where were we? He's talking to him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, the butler comes in, Mason comes in, interrupts his conducting. Yeah, because um, he's brought him his dinner, and Brought him his dinner. Are you, were you, like, unimpressed by his dinner? It seemed to be carrots and potato. Yeah, there was something brown behind the carrots, but... Yeah. You know, the whole thing, he's supposed to be rich, as you say, big house, that lot of money. Mm. He's got chintzy chairs and a really shitty dinner. It looked like sort of thing that you might heat up after you'd bought it from yeah. Iceland. No, boiling the... Iceland. No, the, Iceland's... I, I buy yeah. stuff. I like, I, I like their prawn ring. Yeah, I like their sticky Indian waffles. It's just I wouldn't get one of those on a tray. No, plastic trays. Tell you what, I'll... Oh, perhaps I'll not tell you about what... Another thing that I wouldn't eat... <laughs> I like I like Len Goodman. Yeah, we like Len Goodman. But he does I think he does think it's farm food. Yes. Like and there's a lot of stuff on there that I think, oh yeah, you know, that's alright. But there's there's something which is sort of called something like slices of twenty one day aged beef. Yeah. Sealed in a vacuum pack. And it just didn't do it for me. That. No, I agree. And also the fact that they're advertising that it's nearly off. <laughs> it's that it's it's almost ready to be chucked away. But we've sealed it. And frozen it. We're going, we're going for it just seems here. wrong. I'm the same with... Now, I like cheese, but not to the point of it being poisonous. No, right? no So I no. just don't get how people... It's, it's, it's on its way out. Cheese is constantly dying. Yeah. It's bacteria, right? That's right. Yeah, well, it's on... Yeast. Into, no, it's not yeast. Somewhere else, isn't it? Yeast is yeast. <laughs> anyway, whatever... What, yeah. <laughs> No, what what uh, what this is is more to do with when you see a bit of cheddar, orange, lovely. But when you see one that's kind of like it's it should have been one colour, but bits of blue have started yeah. to grow in it. It's like yeah. chuck it out, unless it's one of them special cheeses that was supposed to have blue in it. In which case, you can eat it. What? Chuck it out. <laughs> it's horrible. Honestly, I, I like cheese. I'm not a cheese fan. That makes sense. Yeah, I tell you what. On cheese, I would uh, I would recommend a cheese from Tesco, which is cheddar, chili, and lime. No, no. Cheese is cheese. Now then, it's um, it gives him his dinner. Puts it down. Right. Botty bot conduct. Mm-hmm. I was thinking because he starts eating, uh, uh, in on people who eat on TV. Yeah. It's an odd one, isn't it? That when you. Uh, Apparently, it's, it's a really bad thing to have to do. Yeah, I bet it is, because that food must have been cooked a while ago. Yeah. I met a guy who was doing the 
uh, uh, kind of pro some prop work, like little bits of uh, like chickens and uh, potatoes. He did. He made potatoes. He made carrots. He made ball. buns out of like pretend things, like synthetic stuff. But he was making them for the Harry Potter movie. Right. And I was asking. He also did some stuff about for, for um, Episode Seven, Star Star Wars one, right? Hmm. But he said in the first uh, Harry Potter, they use real food. So under the studio lights and everything like that, it, and, and the smells and stuff, and the fact that it was aging, it was just not. It was not appropriate to do it again. So for the other films, whenever there was food used, he, he in particular in the the feast bits, yeah, they, yeah, they would use fake. They would build these fake, and he was building them as I was talking to him. So it, it was really, really, it was like interesting. But that's that wouldn't have happened here. That had been a real cooked food, but gone cold. I would yeah, have imagined. Yeah, I would have thought but so. Pete, you see people on TV when they're eating. There's only it's a handful of times where you see people actually shove something in their mouth. Otherwise, they're just spending a lot of time cutting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I <coughs> was listening to or watching the um, extras on Peep Show and uh, the guy who plays Superhands was saying the worst thing that they, would, they had to do for the food-wise was when they did the Christmas one and they, they shot it from four or five points of view and so they had to keep sort of eating it all round like that. He said that, that was terrible. No, it would be. I'll tell you another strange thing about it. It's not about that, but it's linked. I once heard that in olden times, right, and I'm thinking... Maybe, Robin Hood times? Yeah, probably, right. yeah. That's a good guess, of all the times. It wasn't it? <laughs> it of all, the, that, though, of it? all the times I could have guessed that. Yeah, but, but you say olden... Because there's been a lot of times... And I went for the one that you were thinking of. That was impressive. Right there, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, raspberries were in short supply. Yeah. So what they used to do is make fake raspberry seeds out of wood and put it in strawberry jam and pass it off as raspberry jam. Um, I see how that works because you... Uh... But how much effort would it be to make fake raspberry seeds? <clears throat> well, I like the... Um... I like it when you're eating raspberries and the little stones go into your go into the top of your tooth and they're a bit spongy for a bit. Yeah. I mean, as long as they come out, as long yeah. as you can like scrape them out. But the uh, I like it when they. You see, I'm not a raspberry man. We've already we've had discussed. the story about the raspberry yogurt. Yeah, and Elsie. Elsie. Right. Next scene. Oh no, not next. No. Right. He. So he's just had this. A meal brought to him, and then he starts chatting with himself, and ideas formed. Yeah, as much he's hatching a plan. Yeah, you can see that. You can see that it happens a load in these sort of programs. But um, he's talking to himself, and we never get to the specifics of what he's after. He he starts saying things like, "But who will? But I can't do that. I'll never be able to get away with it. They'll find people will find out. No, there's only me and Mason will know, and he'll not tell anybody. Yeah, so what's probably, he thinking? Yeah, what's he thinking? Well, we're, we're about to find out because in the next scene. People are bringing in a bunch of chairs. Presu we, pre this is his the exterior of his house now. Yeah. Into his house, and and it's people in um, workman costumes. workman costumes. Um, and then uh, you go into the house, and they're putting the chairs into kind of uh, stacks in this room in the house. Yeah. Lots of banging going on, and one of the workmen says, "What's going on here? He's building his own console," and he says that to Bottyball. Now, if you're employed by Potty bowl yeah. to bring these chairs in. You'd have known that. Uh, what, first, first of all, 
what was going on. And second, not to not to talk to the client like that. <laughs> it's that bang out of order. That next scene. Oh, Bottyball, Bottyball, by the way, was particularly happy that he was that that man had said that because that sounds like that's exactly what's happening. That he's building his own concert hall. So it was, it was handy for us, the viewer. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little... Exposition. Yeah, and now we've got a good idea about what this plan that was hatched, which is he's building his own concert hall and he's going to host his own concerts. Yeah. Right. Well, well, it doesn't really pan out that way. We'll find out now. Next scene, the room's finished. It's an empty room, though. There's All the chairs are out, but there's nobody sitting in them. And he starts... Um, he puts on a bit of music and then he starts conducting... To, yeah. to no orchestra in front of no people. He's, he's sort of like up the front there, isn't he? He's doing all the bits. And, I, and he's got his back to the auditorium. Yeah. And I'm sort of thinking he could have saved a bit of chairs there, couldn't he? Because he's not looking. He didn't, he didn't know what's behind him. No, he ain't got a clue, but he know, he, I he's assume he knows three, there's nobody there. He's got about three or four chairs in front of him that he can see with nobody in. Yeah. But he needn't have bought all these ones behind him. Yes, yeah, so this is a bit odd now. In front of him is also a bust of Beethoven, which, which kind of links back to that cat episode. And, and he's a composer with a B. Yeah, another one. Right, so next scene then. He's... We're in the room, the, the concert's finished, yeah. but he's in the room still, and he's chatting to nobody in a sort of like mock interview. Yeah, he's doing a fake interview, isn't he? Yeah, about how good he is, and what inspires him and stuff. Now, what what are we thinking about Botty Ball at this stage? He's lost his fucking mind. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm guessing that w- <laughs> m- money, presumably money is, it, it, it's just, it makes you go crazy. You can it just is this, is this a morality tale? Well, I'm not too sure. Anyway, well, but yeah, I mean, he's 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 really seemed to have lost it a little bit. Yeah. So the next scene then. I mean, but having said that, oh. pulp. Um, there's a bit where what Jarvis I Cocker. Yeah, and Jarvis is he does his commentary for when he's on a bike. I don't know. Cocker. Um, avoids the dog turds and stuff like that. Oh, right. So he's obviously doing a commentary there, which is a little bit like yeah. doing an interview, isn't he? I don't know, because he doesn't know that uh, he's being filmed for ITV, does he? Botty Ball. Yeah. He, he, he's an actor. But have you ever pretended to do an interview? Yep. Next. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Um, I usually... I, I don't do that anymore. What I usually do is... Uh, have arguments. Well, no. With that's yourself? Not, not with myself, no, but with with people that I'm expecting to have an argument with. So you, do, you do their bits too? Yeah, so so in my head I'll be going, well, they'll, they'll say this, and I'll just say this. And then yeah. they'll come back with that, but I'll come in with the punch. That's that's the punch line, is The punch line, not the, I'm not no, going to, no, like, no, twat them. Yeah. I'm, but then, so I usually do that, and then I get myself so worked up, and then I remember, I have to stop myself and remember... Oh wait, there! They, none of this has actually happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm just having an argument with myself here. Well, I used to do that in my previous line of work because that's the you had to plan for that though. Presumably, business, yeah. yeah. But it drove my um, various partners crazy because if we ever got into a situation where we were in an argument, then I would do that to them, and they would say it was unfair. Well, you, you would answer for them. No, but I would know. I would have worked out possible responses. <laughs> I would have worked out my, my list of responses to that, 
and therefore I would win and then say it's not fair. It's not fair that you're really good at this. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I've had to learn not to do it. I, I just... wondered that about you. You, you are, because you're now... When in the past, when we've had like conversations and stuff about something that's not not necessarily heated, because we don't, we've never had no. But like, you will wait for the whole thing to be said and then say what you want to say. You don't, you think about things. Yeah. Sit back, don't you? Yeah. I noticed that about you. But yeah, so I've I've had to learn not to cross-examine people because they absolutely hate it. Yeah, they do. Right uh, now, the next scene, and I'm guessing that this was the bit as it returned from the commercial break. He's going into a music shop. Yeah. He goes in and he asks specifically for a baton. Now, this reminded me of that bit in uh, like the Harry Potter films where they were choosing wands. Yeah, because, like, do they vary? They must do, because he says, here's one. And it, it does look awful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he goes, no, 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 I want one like... Um, Leonard Bernstein? Bernstein would have. Because the first one that they produce... Looks like it's made out of that sort of white plastic, and it seems to have like a bubble on the end. Um, yeah, like a pipette. Yeah, yeah. So then, then the next one he presents to him, and he goes, but he presents it straight away. He goes, "I want one like Bernstein would use," and he goes, "Ah, oh, what about this one?" It's yeah. like almost as if like this provincial prepared... shop won't have a Bernstein. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm prepared to sell this one if somebody was to ask that question. When he presents him the baton yeah he weighs it <laughs> he goes oh yeah that's like oh, maybe I, that's an important thing it could be yes actually look i'm not an expert in batonery no if that's a science uh, maybe that's one of the things you have to look for yeah i mean i wrote down body balls gone for a baton oh with the uh, yeah, yeah. alliteration yeah well and it, and it used to be a phrase gone for a burton see is that a suit well maybe a burton was... shite <laughs> what is it? It was it's a well it's known, rhyming slang. I don't know. It, I, I'll look it up, right? But it is, it is a well-known phrase or saying. Obviously not particularly well-known. While you're doing that, I'll just explain what happens next. Right. Whilst he's in the, the music shop, he also decides he wants to buy a piano. A guy who works there goes, yeah, yeah, there's a piano over here. And there was there is. He sits at it and he starts playing. Bottyball gets all excited. He goes, I'll, I'll take it. When can I have delivery? They start shitting themselves. Like, fucking hell, we, we've had this yeah. piano in for ages. We never and we expected to sell it. No, of course we didn't. It's, in fact, now we've got to worry about putting something in its place because nobody buys stuff from music shops. Now, that, I'll tell you what, gone for a burden. What does it mean? It's a British English expression meaning to be missing or to die. It was popularised by the RAF in World War Two, and migrated to the USA quickly. I don't know, I don't quickly. Wasn't there a story, if you've gone missing, Burton, Richard Burton, didn't he kill his wife over the end of that boat? No. Who was that? Well, I would say probably it's not clear who killed uh, the wife over the boat, but uh, there was an incident where Natalie Wood went over a boat and uh, Robert Wagner was on the boat. Wagner, that's him. But uh, but there is no suggestion (laughs) that he was responsible for it. It's the best thing about doing a podcast with a lawyer is, is that I seem to be quite... I'm covered. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the listeners can't pick up on is the face that you were doing. <laughs> As if there was a judge in front of us and you were just... Right. Okay. Now then, there's a woman... In the shop, as they're organising the piano sale, there's a woman who walks in and she's buying uh, a record of Chopin. She is, yeah. And um, they get into a conversation about classical music, really. So, because Bottyball by this time decided to buy the whole 
all the tapes. The tapes, yeah, oh. cassette tapes. I'm guessing must be. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, and um, of all the tapes of uh, Chopin. Yeah. Who is not? It must be said. A person whose name begins with a B. B is a C. So he's it moved is, on. He's going through the alphabet now. Um, and uh, the woman's looking at him. Interested. She she identifies him as. Oh, you're American. Uh, wait. She also hears him say his name out as well. And spell it out. And his, spells it out his, in his in, way. Imitable way. Yeah. And um, she tries to do it herself when he asks what her name is. And she's got a Polish name, so she has a go at it. But then she can't think of any words that might... So are you thinking that her interest in him is genuine? It looked like it. If I was watching this programme now, and it was filmed uh, like last year, yeah. I would have thought she was a setup. she was a plant. Yeah. Because that's the way she appears in this, as if she's just... And of course, that, that could have led to a, an unexpected twist, couldn't it? So a better twist than what actually happens... Well, well, no, well, no, no just no. a twist. A twist, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, they get into a conversation. They've obviously shared this interest, and she's keen, he's keen, and I've written down here, he's on the pull, and he's got himself a project. <laughs> um, so they, they arrange for him to come round... It's for her to come round tomorrow at 3 o'clock. 3 p.m., then he hands her a business card. I'm guessing that was the way to do things in the 80s. Yeah, do you reckon, or do you reckon that's why body ball's never been successful <laughs> in women? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I mean, it's obviously got his address on there. I, I had some trousers that were successful, but I never had a business card. Well, did you hand the trousers to... To, to a the, friend of mine, and yeah. he wanted to borrow them because they were famous. They were, they were called my pulling trousers because... Uh, on one particular evening, I uh, had, uh, what would you say, um, success, um, uh, what would you say, pulled through, pulled, uh, got, uh, had relations <laughs> with three, three different women. Yes. Wearing the same pair of trousers, same pair of trousers. Oh, right, okay. I used to have a, an after-sex cardigan, <laughs> which I just, you know, it was, uh, it's the one where you put on to feel a bit comfortable. Oh. Yeah. Talking about links to, to things. Right. Where you, I don't know if we were. Yeah. But I'm going to be talking. I didn't have sex in these trousers, by the no. way. You know. No. Still, or with them. Or with them? No. I, mm. No. Just but, with the girls. Yes. Yeah. So, talking about, I'm not sure if we were talking about them, but I'm going to start talking about links. I did one of those. Uh, what do they call them? Six six steps to Kevin Bacon. What is it called? What's that challenge you have to do? Well, I know six degrees. Six degrees of bacon. Of bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And it's because of the six degrees of separation. You can always connect yourself by six things. So I wanted to do it with Kurt Cobain. Uh-huh. Now, I was, um, I was at college in... I was doing illustration at the time when... And first of all, Kurt Cobain had died uh, a while before, a couple of years before I went. But... Um, he still is my superhero. You know yeah. that, that is my my absolute god, and I, I don't believe in gods, but I believe in in Kirk, Kirk Cobain. And um, so I did it, and it it turns out that I there was a I, I I don't know names. I can't. It was a long time ago, but I knew the girl who was the sister of the flatmate. Of the girlfriend he had when he was touring the UK in 91, 1990, 91 ish. Well, that's a that's fucking Kurt Cobain, man. 
I shared a water bottle with Joe Strummer. Bloody hell, that's good. Joe... I touched Bono's sweat. Oh, it's not. It's, it's not a gland. It's a gland. All the same. Uh, Joe Strummer, Courtney Love, big friend. Your friends. No. Or their friends. Of each other. Oh, so. So, so that is your Joe link. Strummer. Joe Strummer, Courtney Love. Courtney Love, Kurt Cobain. I want to find a Drew Barrymore one. Also, I want to meet Drew Barrymore. Right. I mean, I fancied Drew Barrymore since I was four years old. Okay, I think I, sh- well, I think where, it's about where, time where, I met her with it. Where did you see her? But in ET, uh, she was six. I was four. <laughs> I'm a glass allowed to up and right. It's the same age. Fair dues. You're allowed to do it if you're the same age. It's like saying, you know, somebody says, "Oh, I, you know, I shagged a, a 16 year old." Yeah. And then you go, "Ah, oh, pedo." You go, "No, I was 16 at the time, you idiot." Yeah, and they'll go, "It's all right it's then." Okay, so yeah. take you off the list. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hands are his business card. So it's later that afternoon, he meets, he gets back home and he meets up with Mason, his butler, and yeah. says to her, I've got a woman coming around tomorrow at 3pm, the house needs to be ready. Her name is unpronounceable, yeah. he says. Which is fine coming from a man called Lottie Bob. Yes, uh, but get some wine in. Not only get some wine in. A case. Get a case. Yeah, he's, a case He's preparing here, isn't he, eh? Yeah, he's on the pull and he's got himself a project. <laughs> and... Um, then he explains, Mason explains that there's been no wine. He goes, no, you've got to have wine. And we already know that, that Bottyball and booze, well, we don't know if they don't mix, really. We've only, we're busy in one bad example, that's all. Yeah, and as I say... First impressions, though, Rob. And as I say, uh, Mason refers to the fact that it's some sort of, something to do with the uncle. Something happened with the uncle, an incident happened with him. Bottyball cuts across in there, so I don't know what it is that... Uh, has happened. Yeah. Next scene, she comes in. To, he's in the concert room. Bottyball's in the concert room. She comes into the concert room. Oh, hold on. This this will be my um, story box. Oh, lovely. How's that? You got your box? Oh, I've got, I've got my box. Do you reckon Drew Barrymore's ever met the Queen? Could have done. Like uh, premiere of E.T. maybe? I don't know if the Queen would have gone to those sorts of things in, a, in their old age. Because if so, we've got me, Mick Jones, who met up outside Manchester Apollo, by chance, rather than design. Mick Jones has been to see the Queen, which I thought was a bit, you know, a little bit surprising. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. So, unless, it's, unless you find somebody else who's not the Queen that we can link that to... Well, it's, yeah. yeah, we don't know whether she's seen the Queen, do we? That's the, that's the problem. No, that's right. So he uh, comes in... <laughs> <laughs> she, the, the, in the concert room, they're talking about recitals. She says, oh, you have recitals in here. He goes, not really. She goes, oh, you do recitals yourself. He goes, oh, not really. And then, um, th- then basically, she, she calls, he says, she says her name. Uh-huh. First name, because I think he's about to pronounce a surname, and uh, she goes, "No, it's it's Eileen." But I think I, I wrote down Eileen. I don't think it is Eileen. It's Irene. All uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Eileen. I'm doing well for some titles. Yeah, it's this week, really good. Are you on some sort of challenge? <laughs> because that is good. Now, Eileen 
Uh, even though, no, but Eileen, oh, which yeah. I wrote down. Yeah. I didn't know how to spell Eileen, but now I do. It's E I L, right? Okay, but yeah. I wrote I L E A N, oh, right? Okay, as if like Eileen on walls. Now, maybe <laughs> a woman in the world, there's seven billion of them. Oh, yeah. uh, no. What is it? There's four. Three and a half billion. Four, four billion. Okay. For six. Four. Something or other of women, Lots, right? One of them in the world is bound to be called Eileen on walls. And I thought this the other day, and I wrote it down at the same time. Any time I hear the word, uh, the name Anita, I, in my head it converts it in immediately to I need to. So I think there's, there's a woman in the world called I need to poo. That would be uh, I need to poo. And also, there was a woman who was in a meeting the other day, and she always says instead of giving a specific number, she converts it to X. Like X amount of months. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are people who do that. Yeah. But I always immediately convert that to eggs. Right. So there'll be eggs months, and we'll have eggs uh, candidates or whatever. I always do it. I like it. It's, it's, it's fun, but it's my mind that's doing it, not me. One me and my wife uh, thought about once was... Um, it was about uh, the Chancellor, uh, as it was, Ed Bald. Yes. And we thought, if it had been sort of like midsummer. And he'd been coming out of a shop into into a revolving door and been unable to get his way out. The head and it had, and he'd got really hot. <laughs> the yeah. headline would be "Sweaty Balls, <laughs> Captain Door." It's but it's worth trying to make that happen <laughs> just to get that headline. Because if a if a newspaper doesn't come up with that headline, then the, then that's it. Because, uh, there could. Do you know, I don't read newspapers, any you don't read newspapers, do you? I sort of scan, as I'm going to buy for petrol, I just scan... I do that I, I, every day, well, yeah. not so much, but when I used to work, every day I would go to a shop just to read the headlines. Just scan the newspaper. Yeah. I always end up uh, trying to work out who the girl is on the front of the Sunday sports. <laughs> i tell you what, a good headline today, and this, this sort of will date us there, is Dover and Out. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But shite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nonsense, isn't it? It is. It yeah. sounds good until you think about yeah, it. Yeah, what, what's actually happening? Right, okay. Now then, he says, he explains what I was explaining to you about, you know, try it out. You pretend to be part of this pretend orchestra. And right. Mr. she thinks, what, this is a bit weird. And he'd go, no, 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 seriously. Play the music. Pretend you're playing. It yeah. feels great. Right. That's what I've been doing. Exactly, right. Now, I'll tell you what this reminded me of. There was a fella, uh, uh, a kid at school, who we called Hoover, right? And the reason that we called him Hoover was his brother, Young Ox. Had, <laughs> <laughs> had, had gone unexpectedly into Hoover's bedroom <laughs> and found out that Hoover was abusing himself with, with the Hoover. Was he called Hoover before no, this? No, it's not. Oh, right, okay. I was say, that would be a really coincidence. He was called Ox before that. <laughs> <laughs> and when caught, Ox tried to encourage his brother to do it, saying, oh, no, it's really good, you have a go. Thus, trying to cover his own tracks. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Because yeah. he knew if young Ox had done it, he'd not dare tell him. Do you think that's what's happening here, then? That he's saying, you do it, so we can do this together and... Well, it certainly reminded me of it. Of it. 
<laughs> so, so well, she's basically on to him, and now she gets an idea of this madness, but she goes along with it. She plays this pretend music that's yeah. playing in the background. He gets all excited, picks up the baton, and starts... I don't, I don't, he didn't whistle, but he was, I was imitating the baton moving through the air then with a... It would be, it'd be going fast, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then... And then something weird happens with the music. Yeah, it's sort of goes... And it's, it stops, right? Have I got that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it goes off, and she, they look at each other and they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do now? And then she starts playing that Eric Morecambe bit from, from the Morecambe and Wise show. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Isn't that um, the Greek piano concerto? Is the that's the one that they were playing? Well, I know that Greek in A minor is mentioned at this point. Yeah, so I think that's the one that Eric Morecambe tries to conduct in right. with Andre Brevin Brevinov. Mr. Preview. Preview. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, now then, he he realizes that she can play, yeah. and she she tries to. She's like, no, 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 no. I I can't really play. I mean, I teach piano <laughs> down, at the <laughs> down at the music academy, but I can't really play. Yeah. And, I'm, well, she's digging a hole. Here. Is she? Well, no, wait there, wait there. She's digging a hole. She's not making her the situation of trying to calm him down any better. No, but what, but what, what but, is he feeling? Yeah, so he's, well, he's pissed because she can actually play. Why? Uh, well, he, that's it. He's, he's lost interest in her. But, but what's changed, right? Yes, she can play. It doesn't matter. They've both been pretending. He never said or asked her, can you play? Yeah, might, you can only come around if you, if can't, you can't play. play. He, he never said that. be able to do the baton charge. Yeah. Anyway, what she's saying is, look, don't matter. I can, we can still do this. And he's like, no, 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 you can play. What's the fucking point of me pretending anymore? <laughs> so that's it. That's the... Basically... Did you, did you notice how, how hairy his inner ear was? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. No. But I have noticed on TV lots recently. I mean, it always happens when I'm watching, I don't know, Children Need or Comic Relief or something like that, where I'm watching the man talk about his wife who died of Alzheimer's. Uh And I see he's got a a really vast amount of nose hair and I can't concentrate on it. Is that HDTV to blame for that? 4K. Oh, yeah. It's 4K. I tell you what, on this little story, I've I've got apparently the sort of teeth that... uh, are not easy to pull out and so my dentist sent me to the hospital to be seen by one of their dentists and uh, when the dentist arrived was looking in the mouth I'm sort of looking up big bow hanging out of dentist's oh mouth. I was right on two occasions last week I'd had conversations with people yeah. and when I turned to look like be in the mirror or get back into the car, I noticed I had a bogey. Right. On two occasions last week. So imagine all the times that I've... Uh... But, right, yeah. you weren't leaning over them with their mouths open under your nose, were you? Yeah, it's a bit of a... Hey? That's a game, that, can, isn't it? Can you imagine how well, bad that would have been? It's more of a game now. It's not weren't much Challenge. Of a game for me. Well, this... And I like my segues. This turns out not to be so much of a game for Bottyball anymore oh. because it's turned out... Quite serious. She decides to leave. Yeah. And that's when the music pipes up again. He does pretend conducting. And then there's a moment of pause. I look at you. You look at me. Yeah, because the credits are rolling. And I wrote down the word tail. 
<laughs> and you said, did you find the unexpected bit? And I said, no. no. And on that bombshell... We'll leave them. I mean, well... As I say, if, if, dear listener... Did we miss something there? If you have seen, or heard, or intuited in any way, something unexpected, or surprising, out of this episode... There is a bit of surprise in that he's doing this. But once you get used to his madness, it's like, right, if that's not the unexpected bit, I can't wait to see what the unexpected bit is. And it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I don't Well, know. what I will say is, it, it was another episode that seemed to go along quite quickly, up to that point. Yeah? I thought, yeah, I didn't... I, I, was, I thought we were building up to something bigger than it actually was, and when it never happened, it was like, well... Well, that's that then. That's that then. Yeah. I'll, uh Take the kids to the park and <laughs> take, the, take the wife to the dentist. Anyway. Not that one I went to. Not, not, not the one at the DRI. No. And that's where, we, uh, that's where we'll leave the, the podcast then. We've done his reporting. We've reported all. We've reported everything. There so, is to know. Do um, we want to know about next week? So let's, um, yeah, let's, t- let's talk about uh, next two weeks fortnight's time. Oh, next fortnight's time. Next yeah. fortnight is... Back for Christmas. I um, want you back for Christmas. Want you for Christmas. Want you Christmas for good. Thank you. And it's about a man who plots a foolproof way to murder his wife. Now, will it be foolproof? That's it. This, I think I've seen them. Okay, and okay. if it's the one I'm thinking of, this is now. There is unexpectedness in this. Yeah. Okay, we've had a couple of episodes where it was like, what? Now this one, the Christmas one. It's going to be a good one. Right. It's got Sean Phillips in, who I always link with Bodicea. Not, not, well, playing Bodicea. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, well, we'll see you in a fortnight's time. Um, I'm going to put my trousers back on. And your pants. And, well, yes, I'm a pants. And uh, we will see you then. Ta-ra. Bye. Bye-bye. Ta-ra. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs>